made things hot here, man. Love it. But I want to just do one thing that we do every Easter Sunday. And that is to shout out a victorious praise. And I need your help in helping me preach this morning. This is what I'm going to be saying. I'm going to say, He is risen. And the response that I will get from you, risen indeed. Are you ready? He is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, take your seats. We're going to start. Amen, amen. God's been speaking to me through this song. And I wanted to start by sharing the lyrics of this amazing song. Uh, And the words of this song are these. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, to heal and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove that my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know that he holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the joy and pride he gives. But sweeter still, the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds my future and life is worth a living just because he lives. And then one day, I'll cross that river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the light of glory and know He lives. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know that He holds the future and life is worth a living just because He lives. He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Come on, help me preach this morning. Our God, for our sakes, was buried for three days. But then he walked right out. And now death has no sting. And life has no end for those who believe and follow Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning I want to talk to you about the resurrection power. Resurrection power. If there was one thing that you took home this morning from this message, I want it to be this. Jesus is our resurrection. Jesus is our resurrection. The resurrection of our Lord holds so much significance today. It holds significant. It is significant for us today. We can experience and benefit and apply the resurrection power in our lives today. I like how The Apostle Paul explains about the significance of resurrection to believers. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 13 and 14. 
For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir. That most of us, if not all, we believe that he is risen. However, the Apostle Paul was dealing with some who lacked in their understanding about resurrection. So in his response, he is saying, without resurrection, the Christian faith would be futile. Without resurrection, it is all useless. It is without purpose. But that was not to be. Because nothing, nothing could hold back God's ultimate plan for salvation through our Lord Jesus. Nothing could contain the resurrection power. No human, none of their resources, their power, any authority could contain and cover and constrict the resurrection power of our Lord. Jesus, our Lord, walked right out of the grave just as he said, he would, and with that, guaranteeing the same for you and I, for every believer. If Jesus would have remained in that tomb, in that grave, his death would have been no more than that of any martyr for the Christian faith. If Jesus Christ had remained buried in that grave, the story of his life and death would have been Buried with him. And 2,000 years later, when a preacher would stand on the pulpit, and at the top of his lungs, he would shout, He is risen! That wouldn't have been the response. He is risen. And I like how one theologian, he explains it. He says this, the resurrection story, the resurrection does not grow out of a beautiful story of his life, but the beautiful story of his life grew out of the fact of his resurrection. As if his birth, his sinless life, all he said, all he did, and how he sacrificially died wasn't proof enough. The resurrection of Jesus confirms that he was God, that he is God, God in flesh. It confirms that he came, he died, he rose again. He came to set us free and get us into a right relationship with Father God. And I thank God that he is risen. And this morning, I'm here to encourage you that the result of the first Easter morning, the resurrection power is still at work for us today. And we can experience and apply this to our lives and magnify our risen King and give God all the glory. The Apostle Paul puts it in this way in Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate uh, and participation in his sufferings, be becoming like him in his death. The Amplified Bible explains it in, in depth, and it says this, and this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him 
understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And in the same way, experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. And that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by bearing continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did. It is clear from God's word that he doesn't want followers, to, followers of Jesus to, to just know about the resurrection. Just know about the, the, the resurrection power, but to experience it in their lives and to overflow and be active in his resurrection power. And this morning I want to empower and encourage you by drawing from the word of God and, and talking to you about just three out of the many ways of how the resurrection power should be seen in our lives. And the first and the obvious one is this. It brings us from death to life. Jesus was raised from death to life. As followers of Jesus, we identify ourselves in him. Galatians 2.20, Paul writes, it says, my old, self, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we identify with Jesus, we identify with his death on the cross. In other words, when Jesus died... My old sinful self died with him. But it doesn't just stop at that. Thank God that we also take on his life. A new, victorious, resurrected life. A life lived in faith. Let me give you a few more scriptures for good measure this morning. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Verse 10 and 11, same chapter. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. The key to this marvelous truth of living and experiencing the resurrection power is for every believer to consider themselves to be dead to sin. You see, not many of us overflow in the resurrection power. Not many of us experience the fullness of the resurrection power in our lives because some of us are still trying to comprehend in, un, in ourselves as to how it is so. How is it so? The enemy comes and plays tricks on our minds, as it did in the first, uh, in the garden, in the garden of uh, where Adam and Eve was. Is it really? God said this. 
comes and twists the words. He's, he's a good wordsmith. Comes to play with words in our mind. How is it so that you are dead to the power of sin? How is it so? Because my Savior says it so. Because my Jesus says it so. He nailed it once and for all on that old rugged cross. How is it so that we are dead to sin and its power? It was so when he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. It is finished. Just the word of God declares that all believers have died to the power of sin. We have died to the power of sin. But you see, not all of you, not all of us had yet claimed the full riches provided for us by his death. It's like having the greatest weapon in our arsenal and not knowing how to use it. Or even worse, not willing to use it. Stop second guessing that you are dead to sin and know and trust in him that yes, it is so. Claim and operate and experience the resurrection power at full capacity. The resurrection power moves us from death to life. Stop playing ballroom dancing with the resurrection power. Two step forward, one step back. Jesus our Lord walked right out of that grave and he holds our hands and he keeps making us walking out of that grave right now in Jesus' name. So walk out of that grave, claim it with power and operate in it and experience that in your life. He is risen. Hallelujah. You're helping me preach. Here's the next one. The resurrection power gets us from uncertainty to assurance. From uncertainty to assurance. I did something cheeky recently. <laughs> Which when I thought about it, I was not proud of it when I went home and thought about it, uh, of what I've done. And I was sorry about it. See, last week we went to get our stuff uh, during lunchtime down at Woolies. And uh, after all of us, we've bought what we needed coming back to church. Um, this, there was this uh, young uh, little boy, a toddler. And for some reason, he was frustrated about something. And uh, he obviously protested, a.k.a. chucked a tantrum. And so he just decided to just sit down on the floor while mom's obviously... She's annoyed and frustrated, but she walks a little longer. And so he sat down near Johnny's kitchen and mom walks off. And she goes after the sliding door of this uh, shopping center here and stands and turns around and, and just waiting. Looks frustrated and annoyed, obviously. But, you know, the little kid, just a child, doesn't know much. And so I just felt the urge to intervene as... I'm seeing all this unfold as we are walking towards this child who's sitting there. And I just felt the urge to intervene. And as I walked past the little child, I said this to him. In a gentle, 
somewhat gentle voice and I'm walking and I, I made sure I smiled as well and the child's looking at me. You better go to mom, otherwise someone will take you. I said I was sorry. When I went home, I realized that. I am sorry. But I felt the urge. I was smiling. I was smiling. I kept walking. Terrified, the child immediately ran to his mom. But now mom had to deal with a crying child. I'm sure I did not help at all because now this kid will, and hopefully not for long, he will not be too sure about people who may have similar appearances as me. Dark skin, thick beard, bitter accent. He will not be too sure about people who would appear like me. But one conclusion I can derive out of this incident is that in his uncertainty, he will find assurance from his parent. Oh, this dude reminds me of that scary guy. But not to worry. Mom's close by. Mom's near. I can go to mom. She will protect me. On the days following the death and burial of Jesus, the disciples seemed to be in a somewhat similar place. A somber, scary atmosphere loomed over them. They met behind closed doors, the Bible says. They were afraid, unsure, uncertain of what would be next. What would life look like now that Jesus was not around? I mean, we need to understand that they left their life. They left their lifestyle behind some three years back and started following Jesus. There would have been so much that just didn't make sense. So much that was uncertain. Even after seeing what they saw when they were with Jesus. Even after hearing what they heard when they were with Him. They still were in a place of uncertainty. Unsure of so many things. Until they experienced the resurrection power for themselves. In John 20... We read about this after the, the women who've discovered that the tomb was empty. Peter and John found out about this and they reached the tomb. It says in John 28 and 9. Then the disciples who reached, then the disciple reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For until then they still hadn't understood the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. And here's another instance. Again, just like that little boy, the disciple Thomas, he chucked an adult tantrum, as I would like to read it when I'm reading the scripture. You see, Jesus has appeared to all the disciples in the room, but somehow Thomas missed out. 
He wasn't there in the room. And so he comes back. And this is my imagination. He comes back in the room. Peter goes, we saw the Lord. He came and he met us. He visited us. Hmm. Nah. I won't believe it until I see it. Hmm. Peter comes back again. Thomas, we saw the Lord. Mary, tell Peter to go away. I will not believe until I see him. Eight days after Jesus showed up, the resurrection power showed up. John 20, 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Believe. I know for certain that little child that I scared off the other day, he was comforted and he was all right because he would have believed in his mother's words more than that scary looking guy's words. He would have believed in his mother. When we are born again, when we believe, Jesus, Jesus who is and forever will be the resurrection and life, the resurrection power, he appears in our life. He empowers us to move from uncertainty to assurance. And the name of that journey, the road from uncertainty to assurance is belief. Belief, as the great evangelist Smith Wigglesworth would say, only belief. Only belief. The resurrection power empowers us to believe, which moves us from uncertainty to assurance. And finally this morning, the resurrection power moves us from fear to boldness. From fear to boldness. It was around 9 a.m., 50 days after the first Easter morning. 120 followers of the Lord cramped up in one room, devoutly following the instruction of our risen Lord. Praying and seeking God in one accord, the scripture tells us. By the way, our engine room prayer meeting starts at 9.15 a.m. every Sunday morning. And it is not for elite group of people. It is for all believers to come in one accord, pray and seek our God. So the invitation is open to come and pray at our engine room prayer meeting. Now we know, we all know the story, don't we? It's found in Acts chapter 2. The coming of the Holy Spirit in power. Every believer filled with the Holy Spirit as promised began praising God in other tongues. Other people were amazed and perplexed. People who were on the outside. Some even ridiculed them. They're just drunk, they said. Peter stood up. Now, I love Peter. One thing I want us to understand about Peter was that there were other times 
there were other times that he stood up. Peter was someone who was bold and impulsive. We know he boldly stood up and asked the Lord, if, it, if, if it's you, Lord, when he was walking on water, if it's you, Lord, then command me to come and I will come to you. As a result, he stepped out and walked on water. But we know what happened next. He began sinking. The Lord reached out and saved him. Peter stood up as the disciples' union leader as well once. Mark 8, when the Lord explained to them about his death and resurrection. Let me read Mark 8, 32 and 33 for you. As he, Jesus, talked about this openly, about his death and resurrection with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around, looked at the, his disciples and reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan. He said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. There was another time that he stood up. When he said, Lord, others may desert you, but not me. We know what happened there. Hours later, he denied the Lord. Not once, not twice, three times. You see, every time poor Peter stood up, every time he stood up before experiencing the resurrection power, he was surrounded by the element of fear. Fear stops us from seeing God's perspective. Fear stops us from seeing God's perspective. Fear hinders us from staying focused on the things that God wants us to accomplish for our growth in Him. Peter was afraid of the storm, the waves and the wind around him. He took his eyes off the Lord, began sinking. Peter, afraid of losing the Lord, when he said, Lord, don't talk about dying, was blinded by fear to see the greater things of God to come. Peter, afraid of losing his life, abandoned the Lord. But thank God that he met Peter with his grace. Thank God that he met Peter with his grace, filled him with his resurrection power, filled him with his Holy Spirit and moved him from fear to boldness, fear to spiritual boldness. And this time when Peter stood up, when he witnessed to the messes, the Bible tells us, filled with the Holy Spirit, when he witnessed, the Bible tells us that 3,000 got saved. Let me remind you that the same Spirit the same spirit, the resurrection power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus from death to life lives in us. He allows us to see, not from human perspective, but God's perspective. Church, Jesus' love his perfect love drowns every 
fear out of us. And the Holy Spirit helps us to see from God's perspective and to stand up, step out and speak up and operate in His resurrection power for His glory. The resurrection power is still at work today. He has taken us from death to life. He moves us from uncertainty to assurance. And He takes us from a place of fear and makes us stand in boldness for His glory. All because He is risen. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes. Bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, Holy Spirit, empower us this morning. Every single one of us, Lord. Empower us to see, to understand, to know, to feel the operation of the resurrection power that we have received through Christ our Lord. And let us operate in that way, Father. Let us not sit still, but be operational, active in your work that you have called us, Father. That is who you want us to be. To walk out, to speak out, and to magnify our risen King. It's not enough to know the resurrection power. We are to operate in. That's what you have called us to do, Lord. And I pray that you empower us this morning to understand and work. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to speak out boldly to anyone here who have not received Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. You have not received His forgiveness. The purpose of Him dying on the cross was for you. So you could be set right with Father God. To be in a right relationship. The chasm was bridged by the cross. And He did it for you. If there is anyone here and saying that I have not received Jesus, I have not asked for His forgiveness. I want you to boldly put your hand up and receive that because Father God is ready for you. He is ready for you. Is there anyone who's saying that I want to receive Jesus in my life today? Would you boldly put your hand up? Thank you, Jesus. Wait a little longer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. We give you praise this morning. Amen.